football. It's not just about trophies and how we're still waiting. It's not about the goals we scored or the ones we didn't. It's about the journeys we've taken from our roots to the top. It's the friends we've made, the people we represent, and standing alongside them when times become hard. It's being together. Football is family. It's community. It's unity. It's home. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at the Nexus Recruitment Group, official Bristol City Football Club short sponsors. There is a company or brand within the group that can assist all recruitment needs across any industry to suit any budget. Head over to nexus-resources.k.uk or 3people.k.uk for more information. Three peeps in the podcast. Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in the Podcast, the bonus show. A familiar feeling, uh, a feeling that we'll never, ever get used to. I thought it would become easier, but I think it's the fact that we reached the final and got so close. I mean, it was it was a draw at the end of extra time and it goes into penalties, which is a lottery. So close, but yet so far, um, I'm not going to lie, been very emotional <laughs> For the last 12 hours um, and non-football fans will not understand how you can get so emotional about these things, but uh, it's, it just happens. Uh, Matt is with me and Matt, we've, we've been here before with England and we've been on the end of disappointing performances for Bristol City and the old moniker is it's good to talk. So let's see if we can cheer each other up. Hmm. Um, how are you feeling? You put it perfectly. Yeah, gutsy. Um, I don't think you you kind of ever get used to it, um, and I know it. And it actually does feel that there is reward in that. You know, we got to the final, which is brilliant, but it just felt like it was a a missed opportunity, um, especially with the players that we've got. Um, you know, there's a fabulous group of players. So yeah, um, gutted, gutted. But I'm sure Gareth Southgate and his uh, his players are, are more gutted than any fan. So. Yeah, and you know, win, lose, or draw at the start of the game, um, how far we've come, and the great job that Gareth Southgate has done. Uh, I think I, I, you know, I've, I've said it publicly. If if every every man, woman, and child was was half the character, half the person that Gareth Southgate is, you know, we wouldn't see. I'm not going to talk about the scenes at, before, during, and after, and and the and the, the social media the things that have happened but if everybody everyone was half the person that gareth southgate was what what a great what a great world we would live in matt yeah and and i know you're sort of saying about not wanting to talk about it to a certain extent though patch i think i think we have to um because it is it's part and parcel of it isn't it i i I woke up this morning fearful that yeah. I was going to see loads of news items about Italian businesses across the country being, you know, windows put through and things like that. Cause you know, that, that was some of some absolute minority of the mentality. And, you know, we've all been at city away games where fans have got seats for, or tickets for a different area. And they've then all stood in the gangways and stuff, but you don't expect that at Wembley and to see mm. fans pushing down the barriers and pushing through stewards. Um, I, I genuinely hope that they're identified because um, even though, you know, in the scheme of things, I guess it's not, you know, the, the worst crime in the world. And I understand people wanted to see the game. It was a once in a lifetime opportunity for some. It's just wrong. It's just wrong. And, and some of the abuse that's then come on social media 
um, social media platforms have got an absolute responsibility to, to do something about it, as do the, the authorities. Some of what I've read this morning um, from people that are down as being managers in their job roles and things like that, um, mm. they need to go. They need to go. But yeah, it was, um, you know, as I say, it's uh, he, he's a, an unbelievable character, Gareth Southgate, having gone what he's gone through um, and seeing him with Saka at the end was just heart wrenching, wasn't it? Absolutely. I'm going to start just by reading out some comments um, that I've picked up on, you know, just at random uh, from friends on Facebook, um, people on Twitter. Uh, So this was Matthew Green, who um, is is an old friend of mine. He's actually responsible for the music at the start that we play over the the sponsorship, um, the sponsorship wording. So uh, here's the words from Matthew. I still feel like football came home this summer. Okay, we didn't win the tournament, but our team did us massively proud tonight. And after all the rubbish that we've all been through in this past 18 months, the boys gave us something to hold on to and made us feel like one again. Amazing squad led by an awesome manager. Look forward to seeing what we achieve next year. This is England that feeds and educates children that challenges racism, that donates to the NHS with a leader who sets the example. This is an England we can be proud of. Um, And Adam Thurston said, devastated, but a lot of them are heroes. Gave us another summer to remember with just 18 months until the next one. Uh, Chris, Chris Rose, so proud of Gareth Southgate and the team gave it everything, but just came up short. Deserve massive credit for coming runners up in this tournament given us a great month in what has been a terrible 12. Uh, I, I could go on, Matt. There's mm. so so many. What do you find? One more from, from Sutz, Colin Sutton. I'm absolutely gutted. I'm 50 next year and never seen any England success. However, just not just match stats, results, but the best team in the tournament won. The Italians, since not qualifying for Russia 18, have not lost a match. That's simply incredible at this level. And tonight they made it 34. Um, there's there's so much uh, of, a, of an outcry of the success of of England during this tournament. Um, but as you said, Matt, um, previous to, to starting recording, Italy was simply the better team. They were, they were. And and in some ways, Patch, it, 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 it does make me feel slightly better today um, that I think, you know, when I go back to Germany in 96, I felt we were the better team. We missed opportunities. Um, but I thought last night, the first... I don't know, 30 minutes. I thought we we were excellent. Um, I thought we controlled the game. Um, we're, we're very positive. But from that point on, really, it was Italy that, that dominated possession. And and possession, my my um, my other half, Jill, sort of was looking at, she didn't watch the game because she was worried that had not watched any of the previous games, she was going to jinx it. But she came down and was sort of looking at the possession stats. She went, oh, they, you know, they've had a load of the ball, haven't they? So yeah, but it, that doesn't always tell the, the the whole story. You know, we we've seen stats that that make you think that it is a one sided game, and it and it wasn't a one sided game. But but Italy were the better better side, you know. And I think other than probably the last last ten minutes of the the second period of extra time, um, they did look the the more likely winner, the more controlled. I think the way they pressed, and and I have to say, and and this isn't. I suppose it is critical, and I don't mean to be critical of Gareth Southgate at all, but I think Mancini got got his changes right at the right time, and and to an extent. And is it any surprise with the the level that Mancini has coached at? 
he did out coach Southgate last night on last night's game. And Gareth will learn from that. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I, they're a good team, Italy. And like you said, Patch, if it's 34 games, you know, unbeaten. Um, and let's not forget, England didn't lose a game in this tournament in normal time or even in extra time. It was penalties that cost us, you know, and that's throughout the tournament. So I think the the overriding feeling is absolute one of of pride in, in those young men. Yeah, and only conceding two goals in seven games. Exactly, as well. yeah. Um, I don't plan to go through um, all of the minutes, Matt, because quite frankly, I, I don't think I can relive it. <laughs> Probably end up no, in I'm, tears I'm, again. Yeah, I'm with you with that, mate. Um, but just a, moments, isn't there? Yeah, let's just talk about the the starting lineup. Um, obviously, as usual, without hindsight, we how we lined up basically with um, Trippier in over Saka um, and Mount moving forward, sort of into that into that front three. How did you feel at the start of the game in terms of of that lineup and um, what it could offer? Um. I, I trusted Gareth. Um, is it the lineup with the squad of players that we've got that that I would play with no coaching ability whatsoever? Really, no, probably not. You know, I would love to see a, a Grealish on there, a Foden on there. But how do you get all those players in? And Gareth's very tactical in terms of he looks at the opposition, he looks at the way that they play, and then looks to set a side out to to balance that, counteract it, whatever you want to say. Um, so I, when I saw the lineup, I wasn't unduly surprised that Saka was was rested, um, and Trippier coming in. You know, we, we talk about it, it. It's a good three going forward, but it's a defensive five. You know, when you haven't got the ball, and I think to start of the game we used it as a three, and we were going forward, and Trippier got numerous sort of opportunities to get the ball in. Obviously, you know, led to one with the goal. Um, Kyle Walker was bombing on, but then. We, we faded and we reverted to a five and, and we were just defending. It was almost, it wasn't the Alamo because it wasn't like Pipka was making save after save, but we, we were very deep. And, um, you know, we I think I think a, quite a few of us on these podcasts have, have said about it, it's like watching Bristol City. And it really was. Um, and I don't mean that to sound derogatory or <laughs> make it seem like Bristol City are better than we are. But it was, it's what we, we used to see, isn't it? We, we take the lead, we score early, which we've done numerous occasions, and then we seem to sit back and invite sort of pressure on. And against a top, top side like Italy are, you're, you're going to be very, very fortunate to be able to sustain that for 90 minutes and then into extra time, aren't you? So, yeah, I, I, you know, I, think, I think the lineup was fine. In hindsight, you could argue and say, um, you know, could, it, could he have gone a little bit more attacking? But, but actually... I think you got it right. It was probably latterly that, that I think you needed to make changes and didn't. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about that electric start. You know, it couldn't, wow. it couldn't have gone any better. There was a, there was an attack from Italy and then very quickly we came on the attack. Harry Kane picks the ball up, spreads it out wide. The cross comes over from Trippier uh, to the opposite wing back, Luke Shaw, who reminiscent of, uh, of your friend, Tommy Rowe in the first mm. game of the season, a few years ago, blasts it left-footed a little bit closer than Tommy Rowe was but nonetheless a hard skill but what 
what a well-deserved goal for Luke Shaw. That's really the icing on the cake for his tournament, that goal. Um, and we're in dreamland. My wife, we I watched it with my family, my brother, his kids, uh, my wife and my kids all, stay, all stayed up. God, I couldn't believe it when extra time came because I thought, oh God, this is going to be uh, them ruined yeah. for the next yeah, couple absolutely. of days. Yeah. But uh, my wife said, well, it's a great start. And I said, I'm worried we've scored too early. And she said, is, is, that, is that a thing? But, uh, you know, I was proved right in the end. It's, well, it's funny though, Patch, isn't it? Because that, that is a, such a, a popular saying, isn't it? You can score too early, which sounds crazy because scoring at any time should be, you know. But it was a brilliant start. It was a, a absolutely cracking ball from Harry Kane. And, you know, I'm 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 probably one of those fans that, that look at Harry Kane and you realise how deadly he is as a finisher. Um, but you also see what he brings you when he, he does drop off. And, um, I don't know. I don't know which pundit I was. I was listening to, but they were saying that King playing that role where he dropped in sort of into the middle to pick the ball up in midfield and then switch the play. But it also brought Kalini and Bonucci out of defence. You know, it, it worked perfectly. He, he played an absolutely fantastic ball. Kyle Walker's run outside of Trippier made the defender have to make a decision, and then Trippier sent a lovely ball over. I, I don't actually believe that he was picking out Luke Shaw. I think he was playing it kind of in, in, in that area. Yeah. But Luke Shaw's finish patch was just brilliant. Wasn't it? To control it on the, the top of his instep, and I'm trying to show it on my hand, but on the top of his instep and hit it with pace on the half volley. Yeah. Such a difficult technique against a, a massive goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, well, what a finish. Yeah, it was brilliant. And 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 then for... We had feelings of... For, for me, it brought back a feeling of when Trippier scored that free kick in the... Semis. Yeah. Semi-final? Yeah, semi-final yeah, so against, against Croatia. Croatia. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That feeling of instant elation and then... Yeah. Oh, Panic oh, and fear. Got, yeah, yeah. We've got to sit on this now for uh, and hold this out for the next 90 minutes. Um, yeah. And you you knew, having seen Italy for you know the whole tournament, that even that opening game, the way they pass the ball about, the way they get in behind... And it was like, you know, it, it wasn't, as you say, like the Alamo, but, uh, and England did have spells throughout the game where they were in control. Well, I mean, there, there were two or three moments, a, a bit like the one with Trippier, where, where Kane picked the ball up and played it inside the fullback. Um, there was one that the ball got cut back in, I think, Mount um, had an opportunity. There was another move through where Sterling and Mount combined, and it was just a fraction behind um, you know, Mank played the one-two, but but the defender sort of spotted it, and again fractions, and it did feel a little bit like that. I, I actually, I was um, comfortable watching it. I, I genuinely felt we were we were on the front foot, we were creating opportunities, and and I thought defensively we looked really really sound. Um, is it? Um, I was going to say Inzaghi, and it wasn't Inzaghi. Um, it was something like that. And apologies for, for oh, in, his in, name. in Signa. Insignia, yeah, the, the, the little guy, a little bit yeah. like, like Tommy Dock to a certain extent. Um, but he was getting into sort of some dangerous positions, but they were taking long range shots. And what what really showed for me was Mancini was losing his rag on the sidelines. And on the pitch, yeah. there were a number of Italian players that were having a go at each other. And I just felt, we've got them here, lads. If we can get a second, mm. we, we could put this to bed. And it just didn't happen, did it? And, and yeah, um, I don't know. It, it's as I say, it, it feels a missed opportunity because I just feel that that the team that we've got, mm. we had such talent there. Um, 
but let's not forget we, we got to the final. Exactly. We've, we've, got, we've got beat by a team that have, I think they've been in 10 finals. You know, t- kit, making me sound really old now, but the teenagers that have watched the last couple of tournaments, they don't know they're born. You know, no. we, we've had, yeah. uh, so I'm I'm 40 now and yeah. it, it, it I'm, has I'm been, older. and you're a little bit older, uh, <laughs> and it has been 30 years of hurt really yeah. for me as an England fan. Um, and the way we performed the last two tournaments, semi-final, final. Yeah. World Cup 2022, as someone said in their tweet there, it's only like 17, 18 months away. And uh, if we can keep that momentum, keep the togetherness, you know, everyone wanting to do their part. Uh, there was a great um, uh, tweet as well I've just seen from Fev's. Fev's oh, do you know, Olympics. I was just, just going to say to you, need to read Dave Fev's one out. Yeah, yeah so, uh, so first tournament for a while that I've enjoyed watching. We've become a team. Players happy to play their role when needed. Tough to lose on penalties, but loads of positives. Um, and absolutely spot. How on. much have we enjoyed watching England? It's been like we've had that sort of feeling of we're we're better than the other team for every game, more or less, apart yeah. from the last one. It, it it has been an enjoyable watch. Yes, there's been moments, as there is with with pretty much ninety percent of the football games that you watch up and down the country. There are you're talking about teams that are at such a high level. To think you're going to go through any tournament where you're not under pressure and not given opportunities to the opposition, you know, you, you're just not in the, the real world, are you? So, mm. um, but I, I agree with Fevs. I've I've really enjoyed it. Um, you know, you can take some real highs out. Even the the Scotland game, you know, it was the old enemy. It was great to see that. Mm. Um, but the performances have have been superb. You know, and you're talking about players like Raheem Sterling, who was just stood up. And and said, "This is me. This is who I am." And he's he's done what he needs to do. And yeah, it was um, as you said, we've we've had well, yeah, I've, I've had a few more years than thirty years of hate, but uh, hurt, <laughs> hate. I should say, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but even when I think back to Italia ninety and Euro ninety six, the games weren't as as thrilling as as we've watched here. And you can talk about, it and people will say, "Well, it was an easy route through." There aren't any easy routes through. Look at what happened to Holland. Look at what, or the Netherlands. Look what happened to France. Look at Germany. You know, there, there are no easy routes through. We got to the final and got beaten by a better team. End of story. That's all you can say. Yeah. Um, let's let's not do the ratings. Let's um, just pick out a few players. For yep. me, uh, Declan Rice was man of the match. He Superb. is the best I've seen him play. Yeah, for England, he's had a good. He's well, he's had a great tournament, and yeah. the relationship that he built with with Calvin Phillips has been almost the cornerstone and the constant throughout the tournament. But last night, he, you know, picked the ball up. He got got the uh, the yeah the ball by the horns or whatever you want to say, uh, and he was driving forward. He and no no surprise when he came off because he you know didn't look like he was out on his feet. But the amount of running that he'd done the the amount of effort that he put into to the game you know up until the the minute he came off was unbelievable it was like if i can liken it to the the game against greece where beckham scored that free kick beckham yeah. played like a man possessed in that game he was literally running here there and everywhere winning the ball back almost kicking the ball up the field, getting it himself um and then to score the free kick and that's that's how i could describe it it was fantastic I'd, I'd completely agree. I'm not not sure about the Beckham analogy because 
I think it, that was just one of those games where, yeah, he, he was. I don't think he had the support around him, whereas I think Rice has got got players around him. But offensively last uh, in night, in terms of the in terms of the the his, energy, yeah, 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 completely. And and is is the way he brought the ball out. There was a, there was a passage of play where he faked to go inside and then went outside and then did it again. And the Italian defender just didn't have a clue. Midfielder didn't have a clue. Um, yeah, he, he was superb patch. Um, it was without a doubt his best performance. As a partnership, him and Phillips. I mean, I think Phillips, um, other than a lot of Leeds fans, um, not too many England fans who don't follow the Premier League will have known too much about him. Um, you know, it's it's funny, he's called the Yorkshire Pirlo um, mm. by Leeds fans. And I don't think we got to see his full range of passing ability. Um, I think him in him and Declan Rice to to an extent, not not had the shackles on them, but they 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 were very disciplined. Last night, I think Declan Rice sort of Took went that off. Yeah, a little bit. He he, he kind of he, he very much was on the front foot, wasn't he? Um, and it was a, yeah, it was a brilliant performance. And, and actually, it was a performance I would say with him and I would say with Pickford. It didn't deserve to to end up going out like they did. But you know, he ran his legs off. And you've got a player in Jordan Henderson that you know you can bring on in trust. Um, so you know, I could understand it. But yeah, you, you, you're right to call it out. And, and I agree. He was my man of the match last night. Absolutely. Um, we've spoken about Luke Shaw. Uh, Raheem Sterling probably undoubtedly has to be England's player of the tournament. Yep. Um, he's only 26, so he'll still be, what, 27 uh, yep. in, in the World Cup and one of, surely one of the older players in the team. Um, so, you know, I think the average age was something like 23 when, you know, in most games. So that only stands us in great stead for, for the future. Is there any other players, Matt, that you want to sort of call out from, from last night? I think, I think you've got to say that the, the two centre-halves again were excellent. Um, Maguire, I think he's just got better and better. And Stones, there was one block from Stones last night. Yeah. Um, that was was superb. So I think both of those have had really, really good tournaments. Obviously, Stones has, has played every game. It's funny you sort of talking about Raheem Sterling. Obviously, he wasn't featuring for Man City in as much, so he now needs to go back. You know, get get back in the starting lineup and start proving it again to Pep. Um, but but interestingly, the um, Gareth Southgate's assistant, and I want to say Steve Holland, and I apologise if I've got That's his name correct. on there. It is yeah. Um, he called out, I don't know if you saw it, that Connor Cody was his player of the tournament yeah. um, because he's not played a single minute, but has acted like a captain in the in the dressing room before the games, during the game, halftime and at the end of the game. And that's, that's brilliant to hear, um, to have that kind of attitude. And I guess with Connor Cody, probably when he got called up to the England squad, there was you know, a bit of surprise. There was probably a few injuries. Um, he's not playing for a, 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 a top six fashionable team as well as Wolves have done. But that's brilliant to hear. And, and what a testament to the man. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I think you're right. that the, the players have called out. Those two in the midfield, we've said. Um, Saka, you know, OK, it's going to be a lot for him to get over what happened. The same for Rashford um, and the same for Sancho, obviously. But Gareth Southgate knows what it's like. Um, I actually felt Saka when he came on um, didn't have the influence that, that he's had when he started games, um, and he he did just look like a young lad. With almost got you know, hung, didn't he, by Chiellini? Yeah, it, and, it, and all, all through the game, every time I looked at Chiellini, he just had that face that you want to just slap. 
is, is the dark arts <laughs> patch in it. And, and you, you have to say, I couldn't, I still haven't seen him lift the trophy. I still, I won't no, watch it. Yeah. You, I mean, you have to say that, that challenge on um, Saka, if, if that's not violent conduct, what is, you know, yeah. not only does he, he reaches and grabs the back of his neck, grabs his shirt and then pulls him back. I just, you know, and I'm not, was it a sending off? No, probably well, not. And that, but that, that, that tackle on Grealish as the, well. The, the tackle referee on Grealish let, by, let a lot go, didn't he? Yeah, by Jorginho. I mean, you, you've got to say, and he, again, he knew what he was doing. He went in, he, he runs his foot down his leg, and then he makes out like he's injured. Yeah. So it gives the ref a little bit of time. The the pundits, I mean, I listened to it on, on um, or watched it on BBC One, and the pundits were saying, if that goes to VAR... Yeah, why didn't it? They, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why it didn't, because you know, for me... It was a dangerous challenge. Um, it was a nasty challenge. It was a challenge he knew what he was doing on. Um, Harry Kane, you got to say, you know, played a, a, a really top, top sort of centre forward, holding the ball up, bringing players into play. Well, he grew into the, the tournament, didn't he? If we yeah, he did. Back, yeah, he, he did. He did. He grew he really into did. the tournament. And, and I think, you know, I think we knew that was going to be the case. But yeah. he, almost has, he almost peaked quarterfinals into the semifinal and then drifted a little bit you could say in the final it's difficult isn't it because I, th- I think again if you'd have asked Gareth Sackett his game plan and what he wanted to do it, it probably did work how he expected it certainly for the first half you know Kane dropping in like he did as I said it brought Kalini and Benucci out and he was able to I mean he pinged the, the, the pass out for the goal yeah. and then he did another one not long afterwards but it was just through through the middle there were a couple of opportunities for him, for Sterling, where they, they kind of lost the ball and it didn't break for him in the right way. Then there were other opportunities. Shaw got to the, the to be able to cross the ball and Kane wasn't in the box because of what he was doing outside the box. Mm. And that's the balance, isn't it? You know, if Kane's going to drop in deep like that, you don't then have your number nine in the area. And therefore you're, you're, you're um, relying on midfielders bombing in, which, um, you know, Mank, Mank, um, we'll, we'll do that, but the the other two are kind of more defensive. So um, generally brilliant. I have to say Jordan Pickford as well didn't let us down throughout the tournament. He had, you can probably say one element where he fly hacked that kick against Ukraine, but other than that, he was superb. And you say before the game, it's going to go to penalties and your keeper's going to save two. You mm. fancy you're going to win the penalty shootout, don't you? <laughs> um, you know, if you say two out of five. Um, so yeah, and, and it unfortunately patched you're still going to get those idiots that will abuse Rashford, will abuse Sancho, will abuse um, Saka. Um, you know, Im- immediately I saw someone putting on Facebook about, I'm not, I'm not going to repeat it, but about Man United players costing us the, the tournament. Ridiculous. And then you see the abuse that's gone through from a racist point of view. Um, and as I say, the authorities need to look at it. I just um, hope that because the players, those young men just, you know. Yeah, I just hope that they know that that is a, a minority. But even massively, if, yeah. Even if it's a minority and it gets the press, it gets it's it becomes you know and becomes more of a thing, doesn't it? Yeah, but you know, it's I guess it's got to be spoken about. It's got to be you know the the whole taking the knee etc. Yeah. is you know it's, it's seems I, like I it needs to continue. Who knows? I I don't I don't know how the authorities. Um, what they can do, they, they, they have to now start really stamping down. And I, I don't know, you know, I, I look at local papers where people go in the courts and they've got their name chained on the courts and stuff like that. They, they need to be starting to do this with some of what the abuses, because some of what I've read this morning, um, it's just ignorant. It is just ignorant. 
Um, and I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have been brought up by a family that don't have those kind of views. Mm. Um, I'm fortunate that the friends that I surround myself don't have those kind of views because if they did, I wouldn't be friends with them because in today's society, it's just completely unacceptable. Um, and that's, you know, from a, a sexism point of view, we've seen what we've seen with the Her Game 2, um, you know, and, and kudos to those ladies that are doing that. But even they're getting stick. And you think, we're in 2021. How is this still going on? And, um, you know... I think the issue, one of the issues for me, Matt, is around, you know, Twitter and the fact that you, anyone with an email address that, that you yep. can create willy-nilly can have a Twitter account. Yeah. And then they can it could delete it the next day and yep. just disappear from the face of the earth. But the, sort yeah. of the, the damage is done. <laughs> the, the, the bit for me is it's those same idiots that were abusing those three lads last night. And let's not forget, you're talking about someone in Marcus Rashford who's done what he's done throughout the pandemic. For the country. Use, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And those same idiots that are abusing him would have been the ones cheering his name had he scored and we'd won it. And that's the bit for me that's just, you know, you're, you're as I say, you're idiots, but the authorities need to do something about it. Yep. Okay. Um, um, yeah. Before we park Euro 2020, I I, I just want to say, you know, it's been not just England, but overall, what a fantastic Great tournament. tournament. Um, yeah. Something that we've needed very much. Uh, great to see crowds coming back in. It really boosted the players, boosted the f- the watching of it for us as fans. And for a tournament that's been delayed a year, it was definitely worth the wait for me, Matt. Superb. Yeah, it, it was well organised. I thought the the TV coverage was great. As you said, the, the, the game isn't the game without fans and seeing the fans. We were fortunate enough to speak to a number of, you know, of our, our podcast um, contributors who were lucky enough to go and see a number of the games and you could see what it meant, excuse me, what it meant to them. You know, I was in touch with Nige yesterday. He was at, at Wembley, managed to get mm. a final ticket. And that that lives with you. The, yeah, the result was the result, but that that's a memory that no one can take away. And it was just brilliant. It was brilliant. And it brought, it evoked all of those Euro 96 feelings again. Great to see that Frank Skinner and David Bedill have made another load of money on the back <laughs> of... <laughs> Um, and I've also, kitten. yeah, I was just going to say, I've also ordered you two Atomic Kitten tickets. I know what a big fan you are. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, no, br- brilliant, mate. Thor- thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah 100%. Okay. Uh, right. Let's shift gears um, and shift attention, Matt, now, I guess, uh, going forward back to Bristol City. I mean, the attention never went, but there was a focus elsewhere for a little bit. Um, I'm going to play now the interview that Gregor did with Nigel Pearson. You, you heard our interview with Nigel Pearson, with Andy King, and our review of um, our review, our, our, our words on the uh, Robbins Hyper Performance Center tour. And we've had some really good feedback on that, Matt. I think I was really hoping that we could do it some sort of justice. And obviously, without seeing it with your own eyes, you don't get the full picture. But um, some really good feedback. So thank you, everyone, uh, for that. Have you had any uh, feedback on that one? Yeah, same same thing again on, on sort of social media. People sort of thank, thanking us for giving a, a view into it. And obviously, it was a an absolute minute kind of taste of it. But... Um, yeah, I, I hope we conveyed just how impressed we were with it and, and just what an absolutely fantastic, um, you know, centre it is. And, and you know, when, when you're talking to players of the likes of Andy King and Matty James and they're saying it's the best they've seen and players will want to come to the club because of that, you know, that's only going to be good, isn't it? 
Yeah, brilliant. Right, here we go. I'm going to play each question, and then we're going to pause it and give our thoughts and, and feelings. So let's try this. Here we go. Hi, Nigel. I had a good summer. Um, on those changes you yeah. mentioned there to the squad, um, can you give some clarity on what happened with Liam Walsh? He's obviously just signed a three-year deal down the road. He was highly rated at the club, but obviously didn't play very much. Um, was it his decision to leave, or was that your decision, or the club's, a club's decision? Um, that's a long question. Um, he's He's a player who we decided that um, to to allow to go because it's um, as you, as I've talked about with uh, Nathan already. Um, some players we felt were uh, for the for the wages that they were earning um, that we we couldn't offer that, and because of the rules, if you don't offer at least the same, then you become a free free transfer. So it was it was not it was not a straightforward Liam because he's a player who. Who, um, yes, technically a good player, but uh, but he also felt that it was important to strengthen in that area. And the players that I brought in, uh, I'm very happy with. That's not to say that I wouldn't have been um, I, I wouldn't have been happy to keep Liam. But you know, as I've already alluded to, we we have to be mindful of the financial implications. And and uh, my job is to make decisions on. On, on on players whether they stay or go so it's really my decision um, because I wanted to strengthen in a way which um, I have players who could do uh, play the way that uh, I think we need to play moving forward so never easy decision and I, and I think when you let players like uh, Liam go who uh, as I suppose Patterson would be in a similar sort of category popular but um, but no, I think sometimes players have either uh, the shelf life has sort of uh, come to the end of that, but also Lehman had some problems injury-wise, and I just decided to move in a different direction. So I hope if hopefully that clarifies it that it was I'm public enemy number one. <laughs> okay, Matt. So that was uh, his thoughts on Liam Walsh couple of takeaways for me there i think he basically is saying that liam walsh is still unproven in the championship he has had injury problems we have strengthened in that area by bringing in people who have done it in the championship and beyond um and there was a bit of a risk there that the money he was expecting slash asking for um was again a risk because of those things yeah um i i didn't realize that and and no sort of says it that when you if you offer a player reduced terms then in effect they can go on a free um obviously that's what they they must have had those discussions with Liam Walsh um and and he wasn't prepared to to accept reduced terms to the amount that, that the club may have been talking about um it's a difficult one I, you're I, a big fan aren't you of, I of am I, I I really am and that's not a um, you know, I've I've said that from the moment I've watched him play. I remember being away, um, watching him play a number of games and being impressed with the way he was. I never felt Lee Johnson gave him enough of a, a run in the team. I think it was a thing that Lee Johnson did for both him and Joe Morrell, that they would play once or twice and then you wouldn't see them. And then obviously he had the injuries that he had. Um, 
I do think it may be a decision that we regret because I think he may very well do very well at Swansea. But who knows, you know, if Andy King and Matty James come in um, and, and perform, then, you know, Liam Walsh is going to kind of be forgotten in me. Um, and it, it's like anything, as long as, as long as what you've got do well, um, then, you know, you forget the players that have left you. But I, I do feel that um, it's a shame that we couldn't hold on to him. But I like what Nigel Pearson has said. And I like the fact that he said, that to me, call me public enemy number one yeah. if you want. I've made the decision. And that's what you want for your manager. You want him making the decision, yeah. don't you say? It's interesting that he notes he uh, noted Patterson in that same context as well around being a popular player and yeah. us as fans, you know, it was Walsh, Patterson, you know, Vyman and Baker that yep. out of those we were hoping we could retain in some capacity. Yeah. Um and you know, Jamie Patterson when he returned from Derby last season was absolutely on fire, wasn't he? So we know that he is capable of eight nines out of ten. Um, but sometimes he did drift as well, and maybe that's what he saw. But it was great that Nigel Pearson was aware of the fact that he was a fan's favourite. Yeah, and I, and I think not only a fan's favourite, I think Jamie would have been very, very popular in the dressing room. Um, yes, absolutely. You know, he's probably the last of the the kind of Marlon Pack, Aidan Flint, Corey Smith, you know, that, that kind of group. Um, I, I like Jamie Patterson. I'm not going to sit on this podcast and make out that I've not said he should do more than he does at times. I think with his ability, um, it, it's ironic really, because I do, I do kind of think that if he'd had a full preseason under Nigel Pearson, we might have seen a, a stronger Jamie Patterson as well. Mm. Um, I've not seen that he's been picked up by anyone else, which Rumors surprises Coventry, me slightly. Yeah, Coventry, because I think he's from Coventry, isn't he? Oh, right. Um, so that, that wouldn't surprise me. But you've also got to look at it and say, he went to Derby and, and didn't get in the Derby team, you know, and yes, he came back, but Jamie probably now, it, it might be a good thing for him. Now he needs to look at it himself and think, right, what, what do I want to achieve? What do I want to do? Because there's no doubt he has got unbelievable ability. Um, but, but I can understand again, why, why we made the decision that we made, because we probably, for the wages that both were play, being paid, we weren't seeing enough on the pitch where we in, you know, Liam Walsh's was injury related, but Jamie, I suppose had a, a number of injuries as well, didn't he? So yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's a shame. And I, I wish Liam Walsh and, and obviously Jamie Patterson yeah. get set up well, but you know, we move on, don't we? Just not against us. Right. Next question. Does the club get any compensation for him? I know it's a free transfer, but it's, it's very complicated. The rules. I, I couldn't tell you if I'm honest. I couldn't tell you. Fair enough. Um, you said earlier in the summer you were hoping to bring in those five players, and I think you've got four of them now, maybe. Maybe not a striker. Are you still looking for a striker? Well, the, the situation in terms of um, anybody else coming in, I think, as I've already pointed out, the, the, the financial climate that we're working in is, is quite a tough one. Um, my priority was to, to get the players in that are brought in already. Um, the striker situation, well, you know yourself that if you're going to get a striker that's going to be... I, I only want to add players who are going to make us better. So if I can't, or if we can't, add a player who's going to make us better, that's going to be expensive, talking about the striker. So the reality is that we'll probably have to um, sell before we buy. Um, um, actually, I mean, Chris Martin's looking in tremendous... Uh, condition as is Andy Vyman. So if we if we start the season as we are, 
I, I'd have no qualms about that at all because I think they're both, they feel like new signings. Um, Naki Wells will be uh, joining us again shortly and we've got some talented youngsters. So I'm, at, at the moment it's, it's, it's an area that we've talked about adding and if a deal is right and we can do it, then there's always a possibility of strengthening. But you know, I think it's very clear that, that the public knows that we will probably have to sell a player for that to happen. But I'm actually pretty happy with what I've got now, just because I think the, the blend in the dressing room is good. We've, in, we've uh, increased the quality of the squad. We've reduced the numbers. Um, we're going to have to keep them fit then. And that was a problem last year. So there, there you go. I mean, if you look at last year, I don't know how people felt about the squad before the season started, but you know, it, it, when you lose as many of your front liners as we did last year, it really takes quite a lot of um, it takes the wind out of your sails, so to speak. So we 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 struggled to find any real consistency because uh, so many of our players were um, unavailable for for long spells. So you know we. Um, I think we've got a more balanced squad now. We've got players like Jay De Silva, who had a difficult year last year. Um, he looks very, very good in pre-season at the moment. Um, Nathan Baker, I think, again. I'm really hopeful that he will be able to to uh, play a very strong role for us this year. I mean, he's a tremendous athlete, really. Um, and I think the fans would know that when he's played on a regular basis, his level of performance can be exceptional. So, you know, I, we're optimistic at the moment that we can have a very positive season. Okay, um, so the question was about a striker, and that was going to be your question, Matt, I think, wasn't it? But um, he's mentioned there that having Chris Martin back, the new improved Chris Martin, um, Andy Vyman back, and when you add to that Naki Wells and then the youngsters, Conway, Bell, Britain, and even Semenyo, he wouldn't be too bothered to start the season like that. But, you know, we have been used to having a Famara Jiju, a big target man who's you know, capable of 10, 15 goals a season. So how do you see that, Matt? Are you still thinking that we need that sort of uh, landmark signing? Um. <clears throat> Not, not necessarily landmark. I do still think we need that physicality you're talking about. Um, Chris Martin, and, and I said it to you, Patch, when we were stood on the, the sidelines watching them train, looks fitter than he's ever looked at, at Bristol City. And, and actually, from what I've seen of Chris Martin in the past at previous clubs, looks fitter than I've ever seen him. Um, so, you know, a, a fit Chris Martin with um, Andy Vyman, with um, any of the lads, Tommy Conway, etc., but I still think we don't... Lee Johnson was talking about clubs in the bag. I, I don't think we've got that physical number nine um, that, that's going to, you know, when, when your back's against the wall a little bit or you need to, to switch it and go a little bit longer. Um, you know, I, I don't think we've got that. I'd, I'd like to see us sign Michael Smith from Rotherham. Um, he's always been a handful, always caused us problems. Um so that that would be one I'd be looking at, but you know I, I understand what Nigel's saying. I I I kind of took away from that that he was really saying, look, someone's going. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, really was that that, that you know for, for us to look to do anything more, we need to to sell, um, just to kind of balance things out. And 
Um, you know, we talked about it, but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see one of the world, the World Cup, the Euro 2020 um, internationals, Thomas Callas or Adam Nash. Um, I think in terms of those, for me, the, the people that we could get money for, you've got Callas, Bentley, Masengo, Naj are the four yeah. sort of leading candidates for that. Um, and all of those you could look at upward of five, 10 million plus for. Yeah, I mean, you look at Callas' performances in the Euros in particular, there will be teams in the Premier League that need a defender like him. Because that is, Thomas Callas is an out-and-out defender, isn't he, at the end of the day? Um, so, yeah, that, that was, you know, I don't, absolutely don't want to see him go. But I do think that if if we did um, and we were going to do the business, um, then it would be to bring a, a striker in. And, and Nigel Pearson... That's what he said at the start of all of this, that he was looking for five, including a striker. He knows what he needs. He knew what he had. Um, so I, I still think that's very much likely to happen, but it may be that it's towards the end of the transfer window. Um, and then you've got to hope you don't miss out on the targets that you potentially want. Yeah. He also talked about the balance as well that that, that is brought by having Jada Silva firing yeah. and fully fit. Nathan Baker in there. We know what he can bring. We know what he can offer. On the right-hand side as well, Danny Simpson and, yeah. and Zach Viner. And he also said, we've got to keep them all fit. And how important is that? Because if you look on paper at the moment, no one's injured with the exception of Semenyo, who's not um, not training yet. No no one else as far as Joe, I'm aware. Joe Williams is just oh, coming of course, back. Of course. Yeah, but but yeah. again, I mean, we I spoke to, to Nigel Pearson off of the, the the interview about Joe Williams and, and he was saying it's just about managing the load. You know, he's he's been out for a long while. He's perfectly fine. And we saw him in the, the restaurant, didn't we? Um with a nasty scar up on the back of his leg where obviously he had that that kind of hamstring surgery. Um I thought you were yeah, talking about yeah, Nigel Pearson then he's got no, loads yeah, of nasty scars. On his, yeah on his <laughs> knees yeah um but but you're right you know it, it a fit Jada Silva, a fit Nathan Baker. If Nathan Baker could play 35, 40 games this season, then we're going to go okay. Um, it, it, I had a wry smile to myself when um, Nigel Pearson referred to him. I think he said as an athlete. Mm. Um, and and I, I haven't seen enough of that with Nathan Baker. I see the kamikaze chucking himself into challenges and ironically when he re-signed when he was asked about his favourite moments he said it was probably a, a crunching tackle somewhere that, that is the style of player that he is isn't it but yeah. if we can keep him fit and the player alongside him whether that is Callas I mean you, you have to say if Callas was the one that was sold you've then got Baker and Atkinson who are both left-footed defenders so you then have the opposite issue that we've had where you needed a left footer and now we'd need a right footer um, rebalance it yeah, 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 but but I do think that um, I do think he will still be actively looking. And interestingly, I see Famara has been linked with Swansea this morning, yeah, um, or over the weekend, Swansea and Borough. So that will be interesting to see how that pans out. You, you said we said about the strikers. I just want to just touch on the fact that you know of the youngsters, if you put Semenyo into that that mixture as well, Conway, Bell, and Britain, they and Semenyo, they all offer something very different, don't they? And, yeah. and we'll, we'll come, I think he actually mentioned it, I can't remember it was in our interview or another interview, but about, he doesn't expect many players to go out on loan. I think it was Ed Hadwin's it was, um, yeah. interview. Um, doesn't expect me to go out on loan. So it'd be, it'd be interesting to see what happens there. You know, Conway, you've got that natural, natural finisher. Um, Bell, we haven't seen enough of yet. Cause you know, he had that, that injury for on his debut. 
Britain is an interesting one. He 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 is that sort of put himself about player, and you know you you've had experience you know uh, watching yeah, yeah. him as a youngster. Yeah. And when he came on, it was just so refreshing to see him th- literally throwing himself around, wasn't it? The one thing that that um, Louis does is he scores goals um, at, at every level he's played at, and every time he stepped up, he scores goals. Um, and and again, it was nice chatting to him actually. Um, in, in the restaurant and I was asking him about his injury because he, he got an injury in the cup game, the last game of the season for him. Um, so he's feeling his way back as well. But yeah, he does he does give something different. But you a, a bit like we talked about with England, you've got to bear in mind these are youngsters and mm. it's it's about having the balance of, you know, you can play a youngster if you've got a Chris Martin. But if we were to lose Chris Martin and Andy Vyman throughout the summer, so sorry, throughout the season, then you are back to your youngsters again, aren't you? And I think that's you know, as much as you want to keep players fit, you know you've got to have a squad big enough and with the right the right um, experience to be able to, to, to go a full season because we will get injured because it's another quick turnaround. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Interesting. Right, okay. Let's uh, hit play again and see where we go now. Just on keeping your squad then, is there interest in your players at the moment? Is it going to be difficult to keep the likes of the international players maybe? I don't know. I don't really... You know, you'll probably tell me that there's been. Well, I know because you're always linking out players elsewhere, or that <laughs> we're going to buy somebody I've never heard of half the time. So, and I, I think, look, this is one of the things about, um, particularly this summer window, is that um, a lot of the speculation that started is driven by agents trying to push their um, clients in <laughs> certain directions. I don't read any of that nonsense. I know who we're looking at and you'll know about it when we sign them, not before. Because I don't I don't like to talk about other people's players, I think it's disrespectful. And likewise if people want to try and um, destabilise our players, they can have a good go, but they won't get a lot of mileage from me on that one, I'm afraid. So I love it. I love listening to Nigel Pearson, Matt. And we were sat literally like right in front of his face and I was just trying not to laugh several times during that little segment classic isn't it i i love the way that him and gregor interact um <laughs> gregor doesn't kind of doesn't respond no, or don't react uh, you does know, he? he he really doesn't and it's brilliant um like you i mean I, I think i said it last week the more time i spend listening to nigel pearson um the more impressed i am with him and he's right what he says you know we get all sorts of players being linked in the media and his fans we look at it and think oh God, you know, he'd be a good signing. Yeah. And actually, there's probably no truth in it whatsoever. Um, <laughs> but he's, it, I think that's the one thing you'll say with Nigel Pearson. He is very honest. So he will tell you, if he can tell you, he'll tell you. But if not, he will tell you why he's not going to tell you. And there's another question that yeah. we'll go on to in a minute, yeah. which is yeah, it's what you want to hear. You don't want any of the, the BS that we may have heard in seasons gone by. You want to know straight away from him, this is what it is. Yeah, okay. Players... I think every player that here has an opportunity to stay here and everybody has an opportunity to um, earn their place in the side. But as the players are very aware of what I've said to them themselves, they're, they're also the people that might um, deselect themselves. So competition is the most important thing. A healthy competition, uh, camaraderie, um, a, 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 a spirit within not just the players but within the whole of the 
facility here that that we are uh, working in the same direction. That's what it's about. That's what a that's what a club identity should look like, a positive one. Um, so that's what we're striving to to um, develop. But it's driven to a large extent by everybody here and the players are such a huge part in that you know I can as the manager and as key members of staff we can sort of frame it for them but they've got to drive it themselves they've got to want to own it and that's what that's what we're looking for and I think if we get that right our fan base will be happy with that because they will feel a part of it themselves uh, what I really like there Matt is you know is the fact that everyone is a level playing field and we've heard that quite a lot in pre-season um over the years everyone's got the chance everyone's got the chance to impress me and i think he goes on to say uh, in one of the other interviews about wh whoever's got the shirt you know yep. he basically said that whoever finished the season has still got the, shirt. Got the shirt so it's yep. it's down to down to a, a, anyone who didn't and those people who's got the shirts to continue to impress um and take the opportunity in the upcoming friendlies i guess yeah um, he's and I, and I believe him when he says that as well. So I, I, it's it's an interesting one with the the youngsters because probably one or two of them um, you would want to go out to, to league football. Um, you know, we talked about Louis. Probably Louis probably could do with playing um, a good run of games at League One level. Um, but the likes of you know you look at someone like Alex Scott. Um, I think Alex Scott is probably a kind of Lloyd Kelly scenario where mm. you don't really want to loan him out because he should be in and around the first team. Um, and and similarly for me with with what I saw Tommy Conway, Tommy Conway really impressed me. And that's not because I'm going to get his shirt on <laughs> name his name on the back of my shirt if he plays. Um, but he, he did really impress me. And again, I was looking at him in in the training session that we watched. You know, his finishing was was top drawer. So there are things like that that. They're they're not they're not Jude Bellingham sixteen seventeen they are twenty twenty one twenty two, um, so you would expect them to 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 you know forge their way into his thoughts and for those that don't then then potentially yes they will get loaned out um, and it will be the right thing to do but I do I do genuinely believe he's got a a much smaller squad that he wants to work with and he will know which players that he's going to want to be working with throughout the the season. Just on Thomas Callas, who's had a great summer, very good Euros. Yeah. Quarterfinals, obviously, with the Czechs. Um, will you keep him as club captain, or um, is that to be reviewed, or will you make a... Well, any decision like that is, is you know, I mean, why would I talk to you about it before uh, talking to the players about it? Again, absolutely <laughs> brilliant. Yeah. I reckon that, uh, that Pearson and McGregor... Should get should get their own TV show. They could do a double act, <laughs> couldn't they? Yeah. You, you have to say, Patch, as well, that, that Gregor asks the questions that he knows fans are talking about. Yeah. Um, so great, great, great credit to Gregor, because they're not easy questions to ask no. the manager of the the, you know, are, are you gonna be I didn't use the words take the captaincy off him, but in, in effect, is he still gonna be captain? Um, you know, we we've talked about it. You know, I I've, I'll openly say I, I don't think it suits Thomas Callis as a captain. I don't I want a talker as a captain, as opposed to a, um, a you know by performance leads by example type scenario. Mm. Um, you know, I prefer my captain to be a, a more demonstrative and 
um, talker. But I, I again loved the way that Nigel Pearson responded by saying, well, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you that, am I? <laughs> so even if he was having those discussions, you've got no idea he was having yeah. those discussions. So exactly, yeah, it's yeah. not the sort. Of, it's, it's a sort of thing that's a that's a, a press release versus, yeah. um, you know, a, a press conference exactly. answer. Yeah. Um, let's just hypothetically say that he does not effectively it is stripping. Let's do it the other way that we sell, we sell him. We get a good premier league beard and we sell him. So that takes that element out of the equation. Absolutely. Um, Who's, who would you, your captain be? And bear in mind this time last year, we were putting Taylor Moore. Taylor Moore. Yeah, we were. Yeah. As as captain. And he is still, still very much part of the club, still very much part of the furniture. And you know, this for all we know, and hopefully it is, this is his season. Who knows? Yeah, but, yeah. But, he's but, and, and a great, great. Um, I don't know if you've watched the video of, of yes, um, the day of day, great, day in the life great, of. Yeah, great video, and and again sums up what a character and what a, a totally nice guy Taylor Moore is. But um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Do you know? Um, we don't know enough about enough about Andy it, King, Matty James. No, he got injured. I mean, li- listening. Obviously, we didn't get to speak to Matty James, but we we were listening to him. Very infectious character. Um, yeah. I don't know enough about him on the field to know whether he is a captain. He may have even been a captain at Coventry or Barnsley, or um, I don't think he would have been at Leicester, but I don't know. Um, he will have to I, appoint a captain for the Villa game on, not the, sorry, not the Villa game. The Celtic the, game on Wednesday. Celtic game on Wednesday. Yeah. And yeah. probably the next game thereafter, because Callas yeah. is going to be away for two, three weeks. Yeah, I, um, I would think it would be Dan Bentley. Um, yeah, that would be that would be my shout. He's certainly yeah. been the one who's been more of a, a, a typical captain in terms of vocal. Yeah, he, he's he's exactly what I've sort of said I'd be looking for. Um, but I don't particularly like goalkeepers as captains, <laughs> um, just because I think they're so you know obviously they're at the back. But but actually, he's he's one of those that does both. He shouts and he shows by his he, he leads by example, doesn't he? So I I wouldn't be um, against that Dan Bentley being a captain from from okay. that perspective. But. Just going back to where I was going originally, let's say he does take the captaincy from Callas, yep. give it to someone else. Callas stays at Bristol City yep. and flourishes. You know, you know, it, who knows? Yep. It's one of the it's one of those things that hindsight's a wonderful thing. But um, let's just hope that uh, it works out for everybody. <laughs> it'd be a big, big decision to make, and and very much. Shows hard his conversation. Man, his man management skills would have to come to the fray, there, wouldn't they? Yeah, absolutely. Right, here we go. The fall. I don't. I, I wouldn't ever comment on things like that. He's had a really good competition, and um, he's going to have a couple of weeks now before he's in. Um, as is Naki, and um, Adam will be back with us before we go to uh, Loughborough, so he'll be with us. The other two will join us when we get back. Until then, again, again, everybody has the opportunity to be a part of it and want to be a part of it or choose not to be a part of it. And um, I don't just because those players have not been here during the first two weeks doesn't either rule them in or rule them out. It's, it's as I say, I'm a big believer in giving people the chance to, to buy into something or be a part of something. And... Uh, they fall into that category, so it's really good for us. That, I mean, Thomas had a yeah, he's had a really good competition. I think Adam, um, Adam did really well. Um, I think Hungary got very uh, close to to 
you know, progressing, uh, which would have been great for them. But we'll see how they are when they come back. It's important that they are not, it's more about mental freshness for them now. Um, they might be surprised at the levels of fitness of the teammates and they might come back saying, you know, we are, we are fit, but what they are is uh, game fit, match fit. They might not be as fit as they need to be to get back into our side. So we'll have to, well, they'll be assessed in the same way that everybody else has been assessed. I thought that was great that he said they might not be fit enough to get into our side. Yeah. That's fantastic to hear. Yeah. You know, if they're fit enough to play in the European Championships in the quarterfinal, but they might not be fit enough to get into our side. That's setting the bar really high, isn't it? It is. And, I, and I'd, I'd like to have had a conversation with Nigel Pearson and kind of said to him, just, just how unfit or off of what you consider to be, you know, the, 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 what you want them to be, were, were our players last year. And it's difficult because the turnaround and everything else, but um, everything I'm reading from the players is, is it's really, really tough. Um, very physically demanding in is something, you know, I, I did actually speak to him um, away from the, the microphones and sort of said, you know, I, I felt that we were a bit easy to play against last year. Not, not very physically. We weren't um, up to it and, and also a bit fragile as well. And, and he completely agreed. So yeah, it, it will be interesting. And when you, like you say, when you hear him talk about our team and the fact you've got two international players who've performed really, really well at the Euros and he's talking about them not necessarily being to the fitness that he wants. Yeah, that 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 enthralls you. Know, makes you feel yeah good about what's to come. And it? just just to echo that as really um, having Naj and Kalas in the competition, it added. You know, we're massive England fans, but it it was we had a real interest in in their games as well. So uh, that for me helped helped watching the tournament and and the interest levels and and fair play to both of them. Um, it's been great to see. Yeah, yeah. What else have we got? Just, just finally on the younger players. We yeah. actually we saw a lot of them last season. I think some of them have impressed you. What's the plan? What you're thinking for them? Are they? Are you looking for some of them to stay around the squad, or a lot of them maybe going to go out on loan? Have they got opportunity to earn a place to hang around for next season? Yeah, the the loan situation is always a really. I, I find it. Find it an interesting sort of topic to talk about. Um, the players who finish the season in the team currently have the shirt. So, just because senior players come back around the place doesn't mean that they're going to take the the place. So, I, I hope that the young players feel that they have a realistic chance of being in the side because if they're good enough, they'll play. I'm not bothered about how old players are or how young players are. So Danny Simpson's 34. Um, Tommy Conway's whatever he is. Alex Scott's 17. So I said to Alex Scott the other day, he's he's twice your age. <laughs> but you, you but you played in the same team. So for me it's about it's about who shows the most and on any given day which team we feel is best to win any, any fixture. So uh, they're just numbers, and uh, and I think what we do have here is a uh, a pool of talent, young talent, which is uh, I think um, reflects very well on us as a club in terms of producing players. What we have to do now is nurture that talent, and I would I think we've got a better chance of 
nurturing that talent for the most part for them staying with us. I don't envisage too many players going out alone. And when players go out alone, they only go out alone for a specific reason, and that is um, to either toughen up or to play regularly because they're not going to play here. So, you know, I don't envisage sending uh, too many people out on loan. Um, so we'll see, we'll see how they fare. And, and what I've seen so far in the two weeks is our youngsters are really up for the challenge and they'll be pushing some of our uh, more experienced players. But again, I, I would reiterate what I said about the, especially the, um, the two midfielders that we brought in uh, and people like Danny Simpson, they have a, a wealth of experience which they are very good at passing on um, knowledge. So they are a part of the, the teaching programme. So as a young player, I, I firmly believe that the best coaches are the players that you play with, not necessarily the manager or the first team coach or whatever. Um, and, and so, if you get that blend right, we've got a yeah, we've we've got a better chance of maximising the the talent in the, in the in the football club. Okay, so that was the, the full Gregor McGregor interview. Thanks to Gregor again for, for letting us use that content. Um, and by the way, Tommy Conway will be 19 the day before the start of the new season, Nigel. Really? Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but really interesting to, to hear what you were saying there in terms of, you know, it's unlikely that many players will go out on loan and that sends a great message to those boys, doesn't it? It means again they they know that they're part of it and and you know he said numerous times just throughout that interview with Gregor there that that everyone's got an opportunity to be part of it so um, you know it, Tommy Conway played a, a number of games Sam Pearson featured Sam Bell unluckily before his injury but if these lads come back into training and they're, and they're showing the way and they're scoring and um, you know that that I mean again you're talking about what Saka's 19 and he's played in the European Cup final last mm. night um or Euro Championship final um so all of them I think have got an opportunity and and I like what Nigel says yes I think those that you know aren't quite ready and you can get a good loan is not as Brian Tinian does season on season absolutely makes sense mm -hmm. um but for the ones that that should be in and around the, the squad keep them let them develop within the squad um yeah. Obviously, you've got the 18s and 23s as well that are training mm. up alongside the first team. So that some of those guys will inevitably go out and load. And these, he's talking there about the first team players yeah. in terms yeah. of the, the breakthrough stars of, of last season. Um, and, and you can throw into that mix as well, you know, Tyreek Backinson and Antoine Semenya. And Antoine, yeah. You almost absolutely. see as And, and Han Noah to an extent yeah. as well. Yeah, but, and you almost see them as, as, more senior, if that yeah. makes sense, yeah. <laughs> for some reason. No, it uh, does. Yeah, it does. Uh, Riley Taylor as, uh, uh, as well. There's another one, yeah. And uh, and Riley may be one that, that you know, you do look to, to loan out and get that experience because there is still the experience of playing at league level and getting those games in. You know, we've done, we've seen it with a number of players where you've done that and they then come back, you know, ready to go. But, but some of them won't need that. Some of them will be good enough to sort of come straight in, so... Robbie Cundy's going to be an interesting season for him, isn't it? Um, I can't say that I actually picked him out whilst he was no. whilst we were there. 
No, I'm not sure I saw Alex Scott either, but obviously the way that they were doing the, the play was more from a an attacking point of view than a defensive point of view, wasn't it? So, mm. um, yeah, Rob, Robbie may have been there, but... Um, he's 24. He's I didn't 24. see Riley either when I think about it. Um, yeah, but um, it's, it's going to be an interesting one for, for Robbie Cundy. He's one who's been out on loan, Yeah. Um, you know, certainly last season up at Gillingham. Yeah. And he had a spell at Cambridge. Cambridge, that's right. And yep. Torquay. So um be interesting to see how he gets on this season. But yeah. lots of uh, lots of questions and uh, answers hopefully to come over the coming uh, three, four preseason games. So it's uh, Celtic yep. up first on Wednesday and uh, we'll be watching that. Not sure whether we'll do a, a bonus show about it. We'll maybe roll it up into into a couple, you know, do yeah. a couple at a time. Um, okay. But yeah, it's exciting, exciting times. We've we've talked it through, Matt. And already I'm in, in Bristol City mode and not England mode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I've just, I was on the phone then and just seen some of the the statements from Gareth Southgate on, on kind of what's gone on. So that, that yeah, brings you back down a little bit. But you're right, we've switched now. It's time to focus on the city. Um, yeah. And yeah, I can't wait. It's, and the one good thing is with having the Euros, it's not felt like the, the city was... Uh, months and months away you know yeah. we're talking what less than a month now before well, kickoff two games till the first preseason game exactly so, um, yeah, yeah and uh less than a less yeah. than a month until let's hope, let's hope jack Grealish is um is back from vegas or wherever he's going on the 31st and can feature in that villa game because uh that'd be interesting it, to see what it, reception he gets yeah absolutely yeah yeah excellent Right, Matt. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, thank yeah, you, you too. For, uh, thank you for the chat. Hopefully, yeah, we um, we uh, we can um, move on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. Take all care, right, everyone. See you soon. All enjoyed it. Take care. Speak soon. Cheers, guys. Bye. Yeah.